0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. back to the Youth Critic podcast. I'm your host Kale Smith and joining me, we have an astounding uh, uh, panel today for this uh, movie. that's um, not The Hunger Games, about a song songbirds and uh, what's it?
1: Songbirds and snakes on a plane, I believe.
2: That's that's a huge title.
1: I'm
0: sure there's longer titles, but but um but in, but in this case though we are talking about another very important movie a movie that actually has like blown up the scene a little bit um failed to maybe you know blow up some things but we don't you know but you know it's okay we all have bad days at the office um but i'm gonna introduce the, the panel a little bit uh i'm gonna introduce the panel here and i'm gonna go clockwise, clockwise to you know what i can see mm-hmm. um Joining us today is uh, Skadoosh from the Movie Ranking Hello. Space. I'll oh,
1: just say hi, I mean, hi, hi, hi.
0: And then also joining, and then also joining us uh, is Alfia Maya, also from the Movie Ranking Space.
2: Hello, thanks for having me back, Kale.
0: Oh, no problem. Thank you. And then, last but not least, uh, from a conversation uh, with two geeks, uh, Josh Martin. Hey, folks. And, Josh, since you are the last one to speak, uh, what is the, what is this movie we are talking about? What has stopped us from talking about Hunger Games?
3: Today, we are, reading, nah. Today we are reviewing the new David Fincher movie,
0: The Killer. Yes. We are very pro david fincher on this podcast we've done make um unfortunately because fincher had that long gap in from 2014 to 2020 we have not reviewed another uh, david fincher movie we might need to fix that one day hint 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 hint,
1: hint. if you if you're gonna do benjamin button alfie (laughs) is definitely on board
2: yes please
0: Oh, I was going to put you on Zodiac, it's
1: fine. <laughs> oh, he needs to do... I mean, he kind of needs to be there for probably um, all of them. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh... You know, yeah, I'm going to put you for the game, I'm going to put you for the game, Panic Room, um, Zodiac, anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so we are here to talk about the killer. It's one of... It's probably, to me, one of the best movies of the year. I
3: am I concur.
0: I'm... I'm I'm so happy to have this panel uh, with me today uh, to talk about it. Uh, so we are gonna. So Hunger Games is in a couple more days. We're just pushing it off for a couple more days. Um, it might actually be a Thanksgiving gift, like just a little nice little holiday. Like you get a little, huh? You know, um, watching some teenagers kill each other. Us people talk about teenagers killing each other for your little Thanksgiving outing. Um, is- so. Uh, I say that with a massive massive smile so yes so to, to to end so to yes, but for first, we're gonna talk about what we're most thankful for, which is the killer um so starting with you Skidush, uh, what is your what's your thoughts on David Fincher and um then what are your thoughts on the killer?
1: okay, so with starting with Fincher so um I think, I'm not sure if Josh is familiar with what we do on the uh, the Twitter spaces, but it's called Movie Ranking. It's a very simple and slightly stolen format, but essentially we make people on a certain category do one to five, but put them in order and think about why they're putting them in that certain order. And we did, we've done a number of ones where spaces go to two, three hours at a time. And then sometimes we've done whole, Uh, whole stretches of like whole weekends we did Friday Saturday Sunday and those are 10 to 12 hours worth of people discussing Spielberg Cameron and the other one we've done is David Fincher Um, Fincher for me is uh, in that uh, upper echelon I think really if we're talking about a top tier at the table uh, I think when you consider I don't, I don't think directors need to be auteurs anymore but it's nice when they are um, but instead of what I think we have now is a just a elite level of craftsmen at the very top of their game I think you could probably put Spielberg and Scorsese and a few others in a separate bracket but what I'm talking about really is Fincher, Nolan um, Damien Chazelle <laughs> Alfie no, um, but Fincher is, is a craftsman and he's probably it's, it's weird I guess because some of the other directors do a wide range of genres Fincher is much more kind of localised isn't he in thrillers um, psychological thrillers mainly I mean there are, others, there, are, there are exceptions to that rule but I think most people would probably struggle I think to name a better director when it comes to that genre um, and that's not the only good thing about him. Uh, I think talking, going back to that, that craftsman-like quality, especially in a, in a movie like The Killer, but all throughout his career, it's become a, a, just a, a, a glowing attribute of his, his technical skill. The way he narrates the pace of a movie, not just through the sound or through the action, but through what he's doing with the camera, and you even see that in movies which you can't really expect to be thrilling, like like Social Network or, um, I mean, other examples. But to make a long story short, I think Fincher is the fucking is the fucking bomb. I think he's he is the master of thrillers, um, and I think in this movie, I think before we go into it in detail, the first thing I'll say is that this is a, this is a played out genre. How many movies are about hitmen who are wronged and then seek retribution on the people who wrong them? This is a very, very crowded space. So any movie has to work very, very hard to I think to make an impact and not to be seen as just oh, kind of getting lost in the crowd. The thing about the killer is that it, in my opinion, it, it fucking rockets up out of the atmosphere Uh and I'm not entirely still comfortable saying I know 100% why. I know what I love about it. Um, I've heard criticisms of it, which I kind of agree with, but the best kind of, <laughs> the, the best sign that you love a movie is when you hear a criticism and you say, yeah, that's right, but fuck it. <laughs> it's still fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is him operating at a very comfortable level creating something which I, I think has surprised people how much it, it has drawn people in and, and how much the discourse has kind of blown up around it. Um, and I hope that when it comes to award seasons, we see his name and we see Michael Fassbender's name uh, and probably Atticus Ross and um, Trent Reznor as well. But yeah, I think this is a, it's a masterpiece. Um and i love that i still don't quite understand all of it i think there's still so much more thinking that i need to put into it and that's that's the best that's the most thing <laughs> for i think from a movie um alfie
2: uh, well me david fincher he fincher is one of my favorite directors um he one of, I mean, he was my very first theater experience <laughs> uh, with Zodiac. So, um, so <laughs> yeah, so that so that's definitely um, well. A- anyway, just like a like a little backstory on that. Um, so basically, my like my mom was obsessed with like with Fincher's films and like true crime and serial killer stuff and things like that. And um, Zodiac was in theaters, but she didn't have, like, anyone to, like, look after me. I was, like, uh, 11, I think. Oh. <laughs> and she didn't, she didn't have anyone to look after me, and she really wanted to go to the theater to watch Zodiac. So she was like, whatever, I'll just take, take him with me. So I just – so I watched Zodiac at 11 years old in the theaters for the very first Thanks. time. And – I, w- I was terrified. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> it was really, so sp-
0: I, I would never have guessed you would Zodiac is such a nice, comforting like you, a, know, a chunk, a you know love melodrama it's really about three men just trying to get along It's a three hour chokehold. yeah know
2: so that 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 was really like exactly. Yeah, and yeah, that that was my first experience with Fincher, and after that, um, he did he did make one of my favorite films, which for some reason um, now that the killer is out, I've seen like a lot of people like doing like Fincher rankings, and I always see these two films that I love very much, and I always see them like at the bottom of everybody's list, which is uh, uh, Benjamin Button and Alien Three. <laughs> um so that that's the thing about him with with me because i still think even like his lesser films are like my favorite ones uh but i do think like zodiac for example it was just such a temple for me like in my love for cinema and then i get got to watch it like by myself like a decade later after it came out and it's just um It was just something that I would say it was was a life-changing experience for me watching Zodiac again um, after watching in the theaters a decade later. Um, And yeah, I I do think like every single of his films, uh, I do think he's the kind of director who can really do anything, even though I think there's some people who wouldn't agree with that. Um, But yeah, it's still... um, even like some of his films that i don't like that much like uh Fight Club i don't really like Fight Club that much but i still it's a film that i respect a lot and that uh i think a lot of people learn a lot of stuff about um that kind of characterization from him uh but yeah that's that's uh it's he's really someone that i'm always seated for whatever he's doing if he's doing like TV or if it's like Netflix, like like right now it's a Netflix, if it's in theaters, whatever I'm going to be there
3: uh, And then Josh So when it comes to Fincher my relation with him is very interesting because I kind of came on, and this is just dating my age a little bit, I kind of came on around The Social Network, I think The Social Network actually it's funny enough, The Social Network was my first Fincher movie that I, I went I up renting it from Redbox one night and I thought it was just, it blew me away and then I was like, oh my God, this director's great. I got to look up all other stuff. So I went watching. Um, and then also, and then so I wound up watching uh, Fight Club, which I was able to record on uh, cable. I think it was AMC and stuff. So I was able to record it. And like, I, I blew that blew me away. And then Seven, I, Seven, and um, Seven, and then just um, all his other works and stuff. Um, also, um, in regards to, um, I, I have to agree with Seduce, like, he is a master of thrillers, the way he really crafts it crafts in his cinematography and just the way he crafts his uh, films and stuff is just awe-inspiring and stuff and then also like he kind of got me into some other stuff like for example Trek Riser and atticus ross nice nails like they're some of my favorite they're probably like, one of my favorite rock groups of all time and like in fact that these scores and stuff that is just amazing and stuff and also i will say this um so, I actually have the experience of watching a David Fincher movie with my mom as well. Now, granted, I was a bit older. I was around like 15. I think it was around like 14 or 15 when, um, yeah, 15. Because um, we went to go see Gone Girl. I knew you were going to say Gone Girl. I knew you were going to And that is a movie. <laughs> Because that is a movie that like it's either
0: Gone Girl or Girl with Dragon you, Tattoo. Those neither, are the only two that I have movies had, to watch. So.
3: Yeah, no, and also actually, yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely was Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah. By the way, also, especially with uh, Girl with Dragon Tattoo, I am still pissed to this very day. We never got those sequels. Uh, yeah. And there's actually a cheers. Great... Yeah, yeah, no, cheers to that. And also like there's a great video, um, I think it's by Penlex Protections on YouTube that goes into why, and I highly recommend people check it out and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love, yeah, I freaking love Fincher and this one um, and The Killer, for example, which we'll go into a bit later, but um, I, 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 enjoyed the, I enjoyed The Killer. I actually saw The Killer in theaters. Like, I went to, a, um, I don't know if they have this, Skadushin, um, where you're from, in the UK, but they, are, are you guys familiar with the Alamo Draft yes. House? yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, I, I am, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they had it. They had um, they had a screen there, and so my, so like, we decided, like, we're gonna go, like, cause I, 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 mm, I have feelings about, like, cause, well, I, I understand why like, why he's worked, he's working with Netflix. You're probably the only people that he's comfortable. It, with a hundred, a hundred and seventy-five from. million but reasons. But at the same time, though, I, I do wish more of his stuff was in theaters. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's just some rumor. Sure, that's the I rumor. Mean, that's the rumor budget.
1: It, it's alleged. It's, okay, but uh, just think about the timeline. I mean, they but would have signed no... off on a uh, yeah. Netflix would have signed off on a budget for David Fincher for this. What three, three, four years ago? Maybe two, three years ago. That would have been peak Netflix. Where if you just, if, if prob- if you, yeah, you, you yeah. probably right after an email yeah. and sent it to netflix they commissioned a documentary about it like and put a hundred million into it so yeah they I, i've i i believe i think this is in the hundreds of millions in terms of budget but as you were saying josh i, I have mixed feelings on it too but Maybe that's the one thing. Yeah, that, especially given that this thing was in development for while. The thing that has kind of pushed mm-hmm. the discourse, I think, about it when it when it landed was that everyone got the opportunity to see it at the same time. Now I I saw it on a laptop and would have much preferred mm-hmm. to see it in theaters, um, but I, but yeah. I think it was a it was a tentpole in terms of not just theaters, but oh shit, the killer's on Netflix! Like that, it was a a big deal when it dropped, mm-hmm. and now everyone's got to see it. Mm-hmm. I also have issues
3: with Mar- Netflix's marketing campaign and stuff, um, just, across yes. the board and st- just across the board and just across the board stuff. But that's a whole other thing that um, we could probably get into on a later date. But like, just yeah, no, just I just I just wish they promote. I just wish they promote their stuff more. I mean, like, just, just just promote it, just push it, your, and, and not just for like awards and stuff, but just just push your stuff. And like, maybe even it's like, a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but- yeah just promote it just promote it and stuff and that way like it can get like eyes and stuff but i I digress anyways kale uh
0: yeah for me it's the i have always been a big david fincher fan it's i make it no secret that he is probably the like to me the definitive uh filmmaker of our time because i feel like there's just something like even if you don't love his subject material if you don't love his movies there's something about the craft where you just go jesus christ he's on like a whole other level Mm -hmm. like no one is doing this kind of perfectionism this kind of like i mean just even like how characters just move in frame like the camera is moving with like like if you have a character to sit up the camera is going to sit up with him or them so it's like like there's just no filmmaker working today that's just like on that level of just like extreme detail Mm -hmm. you know except for maybe i mean except for maybe um oh god i'm now blanking who's top field is that the guy who did tar wait tar yes
3: oh yeah yeah. i would
0: yeah that's the only other filmmaker that's like yeah that's the only filmmaker like today maybe that's also just like and would take like i I think
1: we're starting to see it like that that level Um, of camera work
0: but yeah, he's like it's, this director. It's
1: kind of bleeding through. Uh, Past lives, for example, like there are a lot of movies, a lot of debut movies at the moment where you, you're watching the camera work and you're thinking, it's Finch, it's Finchery, it's Fincher-esque, but it's obviously it's not, it's not Fincher. But it, as you say, that kinetic style of moving with the frame and the camera, just mm-hmm. all of it, just I, I think we're seeing again a as as filmmakers raise the bar, like all, the quality rises with it across the board and spreads out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm. we and we have ventured to thank yeah. for that.
3: I think he's. I also considering where he's coming from, where he's from. Like especially with the '90s music video scene, he's probably arguably, and I'm just thinking of some other folks. Like for example, a um, Snyder. Um, like I think he's one of the best. And his track record proves it. Um and I and I
1: think and I think this one includes it as well. Rid- Ridley Scott, same the, Ridley Scott, yeah. same background. Um like for David, me it's do you remember David Slade? Remember David Slade who did mm-hmm. Hard Candy? Um Yeah, 30, 30, 30, yeah. Minutes, 30 days thirty days, days night, a night thirty days a night. i I, I he kind of thirty days a night, I think he the Twilight movie. he that. was I he was another I'd i mean. put if we're going to talk about directors who are also that that Fincher space, kind of.
0: Well, he's kind of more of a television guy. Like, he's kind of, like, he's done Hannibal. I mean, he's, you know, he's in that kind of, he's, again, like Fincher is, like, he's, you know, been television. But for here, like, what I love about Fincher, and my experience with Fincher has always been, you know, I first saw Benjamin Button. Um... And I is a movie that my dad wanted to see. I was curious because I'm like, how are they going to pull this off of this, you know, guy aging backwards? Like, how's this really? going to as 14-year-old me would, you know, ask, like, how's this going to happen? And to me, I came in out of that movie. My dad and I were seeing it on Christmas Day. <clears throat> my d- dad and I watched it, and I was like, this is a good movie, but I'm like, I don't know if I quite get it. And then my dad is, like, in the car, like, crying, you <laughs> know, like, sobbing um because it's such a beautiful because he was so moved by it mm-hmm. and then so my and then my mom and sister they were in another auditorium they come out uh of the theater and we all sit in the car and they start crying and they just got out of barley and me
1: <laughs> well okay that's so that's here a i statement. am that's a fair statement i mean that is a, so
0: here i am a- i'm just like Guys, that was such a good That's movie. A, I don't...
1: A, emotional. And then
0: I'm like, I'm like having to like be a counselor to like everyone like... Oh, wow. That was an emotional yeah. Christmas for everyone.
3: <laughs> Christmas 2008 was an emotional... I think that was an emotional Christmas for everyone.
1: Wow. Thank God. Thank God, arrival. arrival. Yeah, and arrival.
0: so I... But I mean, I really like Benjamin Button now and I mean, since... well, my parents have... I don't even know if my dad's seen Arrival. Um, but, but yeah, I saw the... But, but I've seen the social network, and I've seen... And I actually, my dad also went with me to The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's not a movie you bring your dad. Yeah! You don't. And it's partially my fault, because <laughs> I didn't watch Did the know, uh, original movies uh, ahead so, of time.
1: Yeah, um, yes, that's your fault. <laughs> Uh, Did did you know about what was coming? I didn't.
0: Yeah, so I didn't watch. I did not watch those original movies. No, I had no idea that there was two. uh, There was a rape scene and then there was a rape, uh, a revenge rape scene that would like follow 20 minutes later.
1: Yeah, it's actually worse. But I
0: will say it made a very interesting Christmas because my dad was
1: very interesting. What about that? I mean, in the originals, the 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 rape scene is. I mean, I'm quite. Um, I mean, that's one hell of a Christmas, Kale. Fucking hell, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. Yeah, um, yeah. Know. Hey,
3: I, I, of course, it's the feel bad movie of Christmas. <laughs>
0: Look, my dad loves crime dramas so uh, they, we thought this was a mystery movie directed by David Fincher and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go see the new crime drama from Fincher and of course we walk out of that movie like like we, we, we feel like we just had our soul ripped yeah. out. You know, our, our an innocence an old, stripped away. Own, you know, yeah. so, but um, and then of course I'm, yeah. And then I saw, not to keep going further, but just to kind of speed this up, mm-hmm. I saw Gone Girl uh, in a crowded theater with all of my college buddies, and because we were like all pro, all pro Fincher, let's go see the new Fincher. And up until Saltburn last week, I've never been in a movie theater that had such a crowd that reacted so strongly. Um, and that's, to a a, movie. that's what you want. So, for those who haven't that's seen Saltburn, which your... I just, which,
3: by the way, I, I I, unfortunately have to kind of plug this in, but um, I did just post my review on that, so folks can go check that out, but please continue. I'm so sorry.
0: No, that in nine years, no audience has ever reacted so strongly to a movie. So, I was like. And you know what? I'm for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for. On- I'm tired no, of sitting yeah. in movies and everyone's Absolutely. just quiet around it. Like this is Absolutely.
1: ridiculous. I told yeah, you that. Yeah, no, I told yeah, you like, that story about the my version of that was was, was Get, was get um, Out. Um, yeah. watching that with a crowded Friday night Friday night audience watching Get Out, and it was also quite a diverse audience. There were there were Asian uh, Asian people, Black people, White people. It was a, a, a very um, diverse mix. But the the moment <laughs> when at the end when the police turn up at the end of Get Out and everyone in I have never in the, and everyone in that moment kind of sucked that it the air went out of the room like <gasps> and then yeah that that communal bit spe- but then also then you're looking round at the people around you and you're like oh that that's a do you know what I mean like that's a different experience you're you're learning in the moment while sharing.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, Mm -hmm. I, I, I I had, I had that as well with Get Out, although with Get Out, I also have a whole thing with that, where, um, just to kind of put a pin on it, but, um, I actually read the original script for that, like, six months before the movie came out, and I initially interpreted that movie as, like, a comp, well, a comedy, then a horror movie for, for, mainly because it was from Peel and stuff, and Key and Peel, and yada, 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 Mm -hmm. but that movie did a whole 180 on me, be like, Oh, so this is where you were going with, with and what? that's really well, interesting because speaking
1: about yeah. internet,
3: and I and I will just say that I, don't,
1: I, I mean, as you say, there's a mm-hmm. whole new layer, a whole other layer, or other layers to get out. And in Fincher's work, especially in The Killer, as well, and mm-hmm. you know, Fight Club, and and Benjamin Button he's really good at not mm-hmm. just the technical stuff, not just the direction. It's it's conveying a message or other messages which are kind of abstract but they're there and they're very mm-hmm. very clear and i think that's that's something that a lot of filmmakers struggle with they just focus on getting the film made yeah whereas he's he's injecting things in there yeah yeah and i yeah yeah i know
3: and i and i definitely feel like we see that and i'm just gonna say it right now i feel like we definitely see that also through um and i get through fastbenders through fastbenders performance. Like, I feel like Fassbender... I hate to... I I don't know if this was intentional or not, and I don't think it was. I feel like Fassbender was, like, um, Fincher's avatar throughout the movie, because it just seems... The way he delivers his post and focused performance is kind of like, from what I've been able to gather, how Fincher sees, like, how filmmaking is and stuff. Because he's very... Because if you've seen, like, behind the scenes and stuff, like, he's very poised, he's very focused, he knows what he wants and stuff, and, like, he will take the amount of times to get it that being said though um and granted this is a fincher's character uh, no fassbender's character is had a bad, really bad day at the office but still
1: can i can i, really, can, like, I you a question? Yes. Just can i ask the way how he just delivered just very interesting I, I find this really interesting yeah um, sure. all right i'm just gonna fire some names at you okay and i want you to mm-hmm. tell me if they would be yeah. right or capable Or would they even accept the role that Michael Fassbender plays in The Killer? Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw some names at you. Matt Damon.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, yeah, hit me, hit me. Maybe. Adam Driver.
3: Maybe. Depending on how the paycheck is. Probably. I can see that.
1: Christian Bale.
3: Also probably, but that would be scary. Very fucking Sp- <laughs> scary. Barry Especially if you've seen American Psycho. Oh yeah, Barry, yes.
0: Barry. Barry
3: Barry again, kind of like Adam Driver. Yeah, yes.
2: probably.
3: Yes. What about yes.
0: Barry probably is a little too young to play? That's what I'm K- also We're talking thinking. About the- He's a little too green still. Like you kind of need someone Michael, Michael Fassbender's age. Yeah, let,
3: let's get Barry. Cause... Let's get Barry a few more years, and then we'll come back to him.
0: I mean, if this was a prequel to the killer, maybe like if Baby's first kill. Um. um what about so da- Daniel?
1: What about, I love but, about Daniel Craig? Yeah. What about Daniel Craig? Um, yeah. Brad maybe
0: Pitt? you do it with them. I can Craig could do Craig, it, but I think he's so happy.
3: Uh, Craig can do it, but I feel like he is, especially after Bond. Um, Craig is like done playing like at a very dark and hate to say it, brooding character, just... and wants to play something light.
0: Yeah, like the thing I've kind of gotten from Craig's like post Bond career, and this includes Logan Lucky, is that he kind of just wants to have fun. Yeah, like like while he's still like able to like. Walk around and do stuff because I'm sure his body's in complete shambles after playing Bond yeah. for 15 years. So I think for him it's just like let me play like fun characters. Let me let me have my Hercule Poirot moment. So can I ask one um where I just play like fun silly little characters? Let me, let me characters, just ask one, you know? one more so, one more
1: suggestion and it's um uh, okay. I'm just gonna say I'm just, is this role suited to a white actor? Could a Is there are there any actors of colour you think that could bring something to this role? Or almost by the nature of what this story is, I you know know, be white. You know I can
0: I can think of a couple, but I'll let Josh take Josh and Alfie if you want to jump in. Yeah.
3: I'll Yeah, I can think of a few. Um first off, and because of Get Out, Dane Kaluya. Like have you seen him in like movies like Widows? he could be
2: oh that's 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 a great choice i think he yeah. would have been perfect
3: yeah yeah him um maybe maybe even denzel to be denzel washington that would that that would be a very interesting choice um another interesting choice and mainly because i just want to see how he would do because i haven't really seen him in this type of role since
1: in a while shoot until edgy very good i was also thinking lakeith stanfield and a lot of this is My because friend. of... Um... I have a shout, too. But I love... I agree. I absolutely agree. She was but... Yeah. for... Yeah.
0: We're all missing one, but... Um, uh, Alfie, did you have one?
2: Um, I was actually going to ma- mention Lakeith, but I think that... You know, I-, I think someone that would be very good in this role would have been brian tyree henry
3: yes that that is that is a committed choice that is I a committed he, he choice that this. I, oh, oh, I am down for sterling i want to see and and sterling k brown, sterling
1: k. brown. yeah sterling, sterling, k. K. sterling k brown sterling
3: k brown would also be a great oh. choice and stuff like there. yeah yeah no yeah and also just thinking of Tyler, uh, brian tyree henry um he was also in Widows. He was also fucking terrifying in Widows.
0: Um, we're all missing one. Um, the other one is Idris Elba. I can see, see it. it. Yeah. I can see it. I can see I, I,
2: I
3: definitely
2: can see it. I, just- I, I, can see it. I, I would say in m- that it would be a bit of a boring choice. Honestly, I think that Idris is already like used to this kind of role. So <laughs> yeah, mainly I think. There. I yeah. Think, I think so I, think, I mean it would be great of course but I think he he's he's done that before. I think
1: the reason why I I kind of wanted to explore the um the I don't want to say the race angle but I think again going back to who this character is as a person in terms of and we're going to get into this mm-hmm. in terms of what what we what what we're told he is and mm-hmm. then who we learn throughout the course of the journey of the story, who he actually is, or who he actually thinks he, he what he actually thinks of himself, is that mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, th- I guess perhaps the difficulty uh, is that you associate um, actors, actors of color playing roles. There is a stereotype of, of um, personality being, Vibrant and engaging, and the whole point of the killer is that there almost is no personality there, what whatsoever, um, and he needs to to blend into the background. He's in a he's a robot. Yeah. He, well, and Alfie and I were having a conversation about. I mean, is he an alien? He wants to be. Could he be an alien?
0: <laughs> he wants to be. An... He wants to be all these things you guys are talking about, but in the end. He's a human being who fucks up and, like, he says, like, like to me, like, the funniest part of the movie is every time he keeps saying his, like, mo- like, his monologue, like, you know, forbid empathy, forbid, you know, um, forgiveness or mercy or whatever, when he does that, it's when he fucks up. It's, like, when, he, and he fucks up in, like, the most, like, funniest way.
1: It, it's mm-hmm. it,
0: You know, and so to me, it's a whole movie about,
1: mm-hmm. I think that the movie when I've I've still only Uh, seen it a couple of times now, but the the term that keeps running around in my head is customer service. Customer service is what drives this movie forward. Everything is about customer service. Everything that happens to the protagonist is a result of a (laughs) form of customer service. Um, and we'll get on to Tilda Swinton and and the other guy, uh, but I don't, I don't know if I agree, Kale. I think I think his mantra, I believe, because the way we're introduced to him, what we're hearing from him, right, is what we hear from him in the mantra, is essentially snippets or power bullet points, which come from any corp any corporation like Amazon, like WeWork, like. Starbucks, they are, they are kind of coded messages. What, what mm-hmm. are they? So or, Always stick to the plan. Empathy is a weakness. Mm-hmm. Weakness is a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all, all of these things. It, it, it's a human being. It sounds like a human being who has scrubbed his life mm-hmm. so hard using the messages that the world <laughs> bombards us with every day mm-hmm. and adopts them he kind of adopts them mm. and become and uses them to become obviously what he is and what he is is i mean i guess it's debatable but the, the impression we have of him is as a very very competent and skilled assassin despite how the first scene works mm-hmm. but at the beginning we we tie into it that's our lock in yeah. he's super cool he's he's got no emotions he's he's got he doesn't have blood he's got steel wires like it's, it's that and then as the movie drifts mm-hmm. forward, he starts saying things which and doing things which you're like, well hang on, that makes no sense at all. Why why are you going after revenge if empathy is a weakness, if you're showing emotion, if you're it doesn't and mm-hmm. so as as your understanding of who he is starts to crumble, the plot is still fucking rocketing on on a on a train track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mhm. Yeah, no. Like I was just saying about that
3: and like one of the bits that he does. Um I don't know if we're um Kayla, are we allowed to go into spoiler territory?
0: Uh not yet. Okay. Um cuz we really haven't talked about the We're talking about the movie, but we're not talking about the movie. Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. I'll, that makes I'll, hold sense. I'll I'll hold off on that cuz there is one thing that like that like I I see as like the first big thing of him being like human cuz I do think for like the majority of the movie he is like like trying to like, not be human, but then, and honestly, the impetus is when he fucks up, is when he's like, I'm gonna be, I shit. This, that was like his first sign of being human. He, said, he says, it, the word is fuck. So, as humans, you know, we've all had up. We have all have had really bad days in the office. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so, uh, just to kind of finish up a little bit, I mean, I've, of course, I've seen Meg and then I saw this in the theater. And um, so, and I really, really, the thing about The Killer that I really love about it is it's, it's a darkly funny story about someone. It You can really kind of relate it to, if Fincher really took the criticism, which I don't really think Meg got that, like, harshly done, like, but I feel like Fincher must have read some IMDb reviews or something. It, I mean, it was, no, was and no went. Easy, um, yeah, I can do totally better. It, was, yeah, it had a whole um, Oscar campaign. Yeah, yeah, no, it had and a whole Oscar is, campaign stuff. So, but
3: I will say personally with Mink, I don't think it. I think I
0: think it comes back to
3: the writing, which I have to kind of give Andrew Kevin Walker, and also um, this is based off a graphic novel by um alexis, alexis
0: are we talking about Man- are you talking about mank or the killer
3: i'm talking talking about because the one thing that i've noticed especially the difference between the two is in the writing and i feel like this has a better sense of like what um end writing and stuff in terms of just how its was paced and stuff because with mank and i think this also stems back from that mank was originally written i think it was written by eric roth but it also came from an original story by his father i believe uh jack fincher who i think passed in 2003 and it's
0: a yeah it's a script by jack fincher and then who is his father and then he passed and then right around when netflix is like what well, do you got any other projects you want to do you know because they're canceling because they were going to get canceled mine hunter quietly and he was like make sorry. anyone Mate.
1: sorry that was that
0: and i,
1: I i've said this before um, i, w- I
0: no, would, no but that's literally like the response he had and then
1: i would i would cut off my little finger to get season three of Mind,
0: uh, I would.
1: I would sacrifice a little finger to get Mind Hunter season three. I'll tell Fincher that, and we'll
0: will work something out. Um, <laughs> um, but no. So, <laughs> so I so so yeah. The reason why I like Eric Roth. Eric Roth did basically rewrite the script because the original script was very like pro make like. It's very like, you know, Orson Welles is like the snobbish, you know, 20-something piece of shit, you know, Mm -hmm. filmmaker, and, you know, and in the movies more, and then Eric Ross kind of, and Fincher kind of made it go more like, you know, oh, why don't we just kind of do it about the 2016 election, where, you know, because the thing that Fincher found funny... In, or Fincher didn't really like about Jack Fincher's script or his dad's script was how he was basically the guy who created fake news like inadvertently created fake news that led to um, that screwed up an election and so Fincher hated that like in like 90s or something because Mank's been in the development since like Alien mm-hmm.
1: 3 um,
0: so to so, and not to go on about Mank, but the, the story is he, and then once the, like, 2016 election happens and all that, he's like, oh, this is a lot more relevant than, you know, this is a lot more realistic than I originally thought. Um, so, so Eric Roth kind of made it, in Fincher, they both kind of did a pass on it um, that was basically more in that direction, and then kind of was like a, yeah. Mank kind of wrote the first couple drafts and then wanted credit and then we end the movie there. Because I think Fincher didn't really want to be pro-Mank or pro-Wells either way. He just kind of wanted to tell the story as is. Like Mm -hmm. as history tells it. Uh So, So that's why Mank is the way it is. And then for this it's the killer like the reason I feel like the killer is the way it is is because it feels like Fincher's in a way fincher is trying to like make a movie that's about fucking up and doing everything humanly possible to show that you are absolutely the best at what you can do because this whole movie like he does fuck up this one time and everything you know going for him here like he really does like it is shows in meticulous detail of how like He's gonna like actually come on top again. Well, and I feel like that's kind of like the whole idea of the movie is like this. I
1: I I agree with you. Sorry, I I think we're on a bit of a delay, but um, I just to jump in, I think you're absolutely right in terms of, I the key to this, I think, is the opening credits. I've never seen it. I haven't seen an opening credit sequence like that in a long, 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 long time. It was as if someone had put like a 1.5 speed. That's literally like fast. Yeah, like, like, so it's like, come on, come on, let's get to it, get to it, get to it, get to it. And by the time you're mm-hmm. like, it, it, it's, it's almost like a hand wave of a fucking credit sequence, um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think you're absolutely right in terms of how, how he goes about put, putting together, uh, putting together the solution to the problem that happens in the very first scene. It it unfolds, it unfolds. Kind of, he doesn't tell us what's about to happen, but he's he's talking us through it as it does happen, which is kind of it's it's that trick of the, it's the magician doing the trick and telling you how he's doing the trick at the same time, which is, I think is the key to why it's so engaging. That whole sequence with the with the uh, waste disposal bins and everything and the timing of the door, uh, you're absolutely right. But also in the back of your head, as the movie's going on, you've got this nagging doubt as to yeah. something's not quite right because he's not, he's saying one thing and he's doing other things and then he starts to say other things. And I, I, what I love about the movie is it is, as you say, Kel, 100% it is about um, an extremely competent person using. The environment around them and the tools that are available to them to solve a problem, and that is, and there's that in itself is a wonderful thing to observe. But behind it, there is this message that it's not, and to it's rebuild themselves and to basically, yeah, something's not quite right.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. It, he's using this one fuck up as a way to basically rebuild himself uh, because this whole thing is like, and what's so great about the uh, first third of this movie is that we basically see him go and fuck we see him fuck up, you know we see him go through the whole, he's in France, there's all this, you know, stuff you know, homaging Los, Los samurai mm-hmm. you know, there's all this, you know incredible. there's all this stuff about it and then he fucks it up and then it's like moment by moment you just see with like shaky cam which fincher never does Mm -hmm. fincher is very fincher very sparingly uses uh, shaky cam in any in all of his movies so so for him to use this like predominantly it's like it gives us such a like pov to where even us fincher fans are like oh shit like fincher's using it to really like elevate like the real intensity of everything Mm -hmm. and funny enough i found this out recently but almost all the camera shaking is was done in post-production yeah
3: yeah and also i know that and i also had a feeling about that because i remember i think this was years ago i think this was about a year or two ago but when um i think netflix would be like a behind the scenes featurette and like while he was in france you see like led things and i don't know if it's because they and it's interesting because i don't think they shot well i think they might have shot i I was trying to figure out like when they shot because i thought they shot during pandemic and stuff but it turns out it wasn't during the pandemic it was a little bit after but like you see like l like when he's like going in paris like there's like ella there's like a led sort of form um hd res like uh, hd like kind of green screen that's like following him and stuff and i don't know if it's because they weren't able to, sh- to shoot in paris or that type of stuff. No,
0: but... no, no 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 they shot in paris but the problem was they didn't they couldn't find windows in paris in the street or in the corner Mm. where they wanted to film like the the street where they had written the script they couldn't find like a building that like had like the hotel in front of it with the big bay windows and Mm -hmm. then also had like the big window so this so actually michael fassbender is in a set and then they shoot like that's it took them like a long time to shoot that scene because they had to shoot different pieces of the the hotel, they had to shoot all the stuff in, you know, they had to shoot all the stuff with the maid and the, you know, the Mm -hmm. burlesque girl, you know, and you know, they had to shoot all the stuff. And um and then uh to get everything and then they had to shoot all the stuff in the sound stage where there's a blue screen and an LED panel Mm. on the left side to kind of like match the lighting. So it was kind of like a. There was a lot of trickery uh, to fill, you know, to basically recreate an environment that which, was not. That which, also like, yeah. which also
1: then, looks like, Which also looks like a. Let's be honest. Uh, let's call it yeah. what it is. It looks like a Chanel number no. five advert, doesn't it? It looks like a commercial for Chanel or the um, Saint Laurent that whole opening sequence yeah. it really does it's gorgeous <laughs> it, 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 d- it does which makes sense yeah
2: like, it, re- it really cool. does especially like in the close-ups of the Hellman.
1: Alfie what did I I, I after I'd seen it I yeah. I downloaded it onto Alfie like, especially with how Fincher because I, I, I think one thing we've I just went I, I went crazy I, I I just was just getting all these thoughts out of my head and one of the lines which comes up in the opening scene, uh, Alfie what was it um Paris wakes up differently to other cities. Not with the what was it, the blare of Tokyo or something or other. Just that language, the way he sets it up and he's saying it, and also just key to that as well, mm. the line that precedes that is so interesting because what is it? He says if boredom isn't for you, then this line of then this isn't your line of work. Which is An interesting thing to say to the audience very early on, isn't it? Like, it's establishing that boredom. Mm. This isn't isn't John Wick. This isn't backflips off of uh, balconies and stuff. This Mm. is the grimy, realistic, down in the dirt kind of real way that, that probably these sorts of things happen. But that in itself, like that, going back to... Alfie what did I say that it sounded like kind of like a William Gibson or kind of Blade Runnery kind of line like Paris wakes up different compared to that and so you're getting this dreamy kind of quality to it.
2: Mm. Yeah, it, it was kind of him just being like trapped in his own head. Mm.
1: Yeah,
3: it felt very um, like I'm. I, I would say also Blade Runner and stuff, but also like more more film noir.
1: Because yeah. this movie has a huge debt to film noir. I mean Fincher does I mean, what is what, what's the joke? In if if, if people do if um and so if and certain it. filmmakers film noir, he <laughs> makes film film verdi, is that Italian for green? Is it? Like I, I Can we I also we're gonna get onto it, but like the color palette I in this so. movie, I believe so. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard a version yeah, of it before. It's, it's I love the color palette in this movie. It's just it's gorgeous. Yeah,
3: I yeah no, I I got it. Oh yeah, I'm oh, sorry, but yeah no, um, but yeah no, I I completely agree with you. I, I want to give credit to um his cinematographer Eric Mesh Mesh Messer Miss measurement thank you measurement like the way how him and fincher like do the cinematography and stuff is just very gray and stuff and this is actually kind of one of the reasons why i saw this movie in that theater because i did not want to deal with the um netflix's like um compression rate mm-hmm. when you watch it on netflix and stuff and like and especially for certain scenes and stuff which we'll get to later um but like i i really like the cinematography in this gorgeous uh
0: from it Exactly. And also, I just... I mean, I always go and see a David Fincher movie in a theater anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so that was... So, to me, like, sitting in a theater, I should have sat even more further back, because the sound is so... The sound design by Rin Kleiss. Rin Is that right? Ren, uh, Wren... Someone pull it up. Rin Kleiss. Is that it's right? The,
1: the sound design.
0: Um, anyway, but... The, the the sound design so it's so it it's so like incredible like this the sound is so important in this movie you normally would never have like sound be such an important character in this movie but for some reason class is just like I mean the way everything kind of just you know goes in and out like I mean just even how the the Smith song um how soon is now goes in and out in one scene is just it's so. Like, it's so uh, we, well done. Like, it's to the so, to the you know, and, and it, 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 the, the craftsmanship is fantastic. It's so,
3: yes. And we finally got to the Smiths, which,
0: which, you know, Fincher's not really like a, I don't think maybe people will disagree with me, but he's not like a director. That's like, you know, I'm going to have like hits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not he's not a needle, needle drop director. But he does like every so often use music. Officially.
1: I think the the thing that's key with the with the choice to do nothing but the Smiths and, and that is such a I mean if you think about it, that's it's just a it's a really far out choice in terms of no, he's only gonna listen to one band. but the key to it is what mm-hmm. he says in that mantra at the beginning. He says he finds music is the way to distract his internal monologue which is interesting because by the time we get to that sequence where he's saying i need music to block out the internal thoughts well then we start to question uh so everything you've said before i mean is you are are your internal thoughts but do you actually believe them why are you blocking them out (laughs) and and that's the key thing is he chooses the smiths because, again, mm-hmm. it's almost this way Alfie and I had this kind of back and forth about is he an alien because um, this music to him music to him is not a soundtrack in the, in the way that Baby Driver is the exact opposite. Like, the soundtrack is how a person engages mm-hmm. with the world. This is the exact opposite. This is someone who is using music mm-hmm. simply as a tool to drown out whatever is going on in their head so they can focus. So, isn't it interesting that he chooses the Smiths solely as for that purpose? For that purpose, what does that say? And what does it say about Morrissey?
3: <laughs> I th- I think that says that like he is just like especially with like some of the songs like um um because like they, they obviously um. How soon is now? Which is one of my favorite Smith mm. songs. Um, is literally about, literally about alien. How he's like, or the lead is like, the main the main subject is like, I need, I am human and I need to be loved just like everyone else. But yet he also doesn't feel that way. It's definitely, and honestly, the more and more I think about it, the more you're probably on something with that alien thing because it's
1: like he's like. He, Because he doesn't feel human. Well, you're you're right. It's it's kind of he he tells us one thing and then we observe another. um, We are we're watching him use music as a tool to to block things out. So we assume from what he's told us that he doesn't actually listen to the music. The music is there to drown everything else out. He's not paying attention to the lyrics or the way the music ebbs and flows. But interestingly, when you watch the killer with Uh subtitles the key lines, and I'm not a Smiths fan, um, uh, but the key lines which come up are very key. As you say, exactly as you said, Josh, like they they say something about him emotionally, but we as an audience member are solid in our belief that Mm -hmm. he's not not taking this in. He's not listening to the Smiths whilst he kills people. He's using the Smiths to help him do a, a... to help him be emotionless, to be a robot, I guess, or to do his job.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just, it's very interesting. And just, and again, the way how like Fazbender um, just plays that role, plays the, plays essentially the man, or I'm gonna call him the man with no emotion. <laughs>
1: Um, is he a man is he he's a man just
3: very Josh, is he a man without a soul very do you think
1: poise. do you think he has a soul is he the tin man from wizard of oz or or whatever no hang on is that the right one whatever do you think he's a man without a soul no you're right you're right i think so
3: i don't know and that's very cuz i cuz like we do see him care for his um for his, I'm gonna call her um, girlfriend, girlfriend. Can, can we girlfriend. Can, can we focus does, in on that? He does care, and he, there is a moment where basically, like, he, I think it's Can we can we focus
1: in on that as well? Because we don't we yeah, don't care. yeah like, yeah but we, the, we like, don't know anything like about you know, her. They don't show us anything about her. They don't show any intimate moments. There's no rapport between the characters. You you could almost be forgiven mm-hmm. for believing until the very end. Oh, she's actually his girlfriend. There's no emotional connection there yeah but like and that's deliberate
3: yeah but the way like for example i'm just i'm just thinking about the scene like a little at, i think it's either before or after where he talks to her uh her brother and i'm just and i'm just in the way how like fassbender like raises his eyes like this will never happen mm. again mm. that is that is conviction that is like that is conviction. That is like
1: you this
0: almost deep. want someone to love mm-hmm. you. Like are you that much? Uh, Josh, are you are you mm-hmm. familiar
1: with the term? Because that's you, like you uh, uh, that's fridging? a sign of
0: love, just like
1: the term fridging. Yes, I am. Yeah, I mean, but it is yes, it is yes, almost um,
3: it's the off, opposite. Off, I mean. Really
1: publicized by Gail Simone. <clears <clears throat> Because throat> it because yeah, yeah they.
0: Well, it still is fridging. I mean, he's now motivated to go and kill everybody and burn half the but world. But we, it, we don't know it's, why. It's it's we don't know why.
3: We don't really understand well, who
2: she is. Okay,
3: you know what? I just I, I know like we, <laughs>
0: yeah. But I think there's enough context there to be like, okay, this for this guy, this killer. He basically went to Dominican Republic to basically go pick her up. and then of course he gets back there and is like um your house is trash and your girlfriend is um in the hospital so so i think there's enough i mean i think there's enough there to be like no he came back because of her not because this is his home or he needs to stop by and grab another passport like no this is you know because this guy is so meticulously set like this guy is set up to be so meticulous like why would he just run home at after the first accident, ah, like just
1: no, I, I mean, not, even
0: I, you know Charles Parnell, yes. you know later on, you know says that like, why would exactly. you go? Why would you go to your exactly.
1: house? Exactly, exactly, exactly that. Why would you just go home? Because, and that's our first window into the very small possibility mm-hmm. that he might be an actual human being. Because he went home, and isn't that interesting? That the thing is, I, I mean, you should have the the way that uh, Charles Parnell uh, kind of articulates it to him is well really this is your fault for going home (laughs) but in his head that makes sense in this world that makes sense
0: for this is yeah no this is your fault for yeah this is your fault for a fucking up the mission the you know assignment b Mm -hmm uh you went home like you could have just called your girlfriend to be like hey you know here's some money go fuck off in the bahamas for like a little bit mm-hmm. uh for like a week just just get the fuck to stay away from my house um you know just for like two three i don't know like just a few just enough to like that, just so they trashed my house and then that, you yeah, know was, uh and then just the leave you really know just to me. be like
1: that was the thing that really struck yeah. me about that interaction, like Josh said, with the brother of the what we now un- understand to be the girlfriend mm-hmm. was that that relationship very quickly in a very short space of time, we established that these two know each other, they're close, they are intimate in the way that way that he talks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of saying <sighs> it's everything that the brother is saying is in line with what we've already been told and what we already know about the assassin, which is he's, everything is organized. Everything is a plan. Everything is step by step by step. It's meticulous. Um, And the thing that stands out is the moment when he says they turned up in a green taxi with a fucking white light on it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so key. It's so key because it, it tells us that, it tells us that he is used to, he knows, he knows the environment, he knows the people involved, he knows he's used to the way that the killer works and is very cautious and careful. Um, but it also tells us something about about the, about the assassins mm-hmm. uh, who we don't meet until, until we do, and I can't wait to get to that. But um, I just – I find it really interesting that the launch pad – the yeah. launch pad yeah. this is not based, it's not based on any groundwork. There's no scene of him having a hug with her or any conversation or, or anything at all. We're forced to fill in the blanks.
3: Yeah, no, and I have to also kind of give that credit, um, and obviously, the future, but like, I'll, I have to give that credit to, um, right. Obviously, his seven screenwriter, um, um, Andrew Kevin Walker. Like, we've seen this before, like, in other movies and stuff. Hell, we've seen a version of John Wick, but like, the way how he writes it and writes it in a very, like, just tight way, it's like, so tight. we know what this is. It's probably, it might not be the most original thing, but it's tight, toit. It's tight and we focus on, on our main protagonist and stuff, on the killer and stuff.
0: You know what? I love that it's tight though. I love that this movie is only two hours. Did you know and you know? cause it, it's so breezy and it, and I kind of I can understand because some of the criticism for this movie is like it's so tight, it's so like there's not it's just you know a guy doing a thing in the thing. It's like, yeah, but it's like David Fincher doing it. So, so how, so how, like, is, it, how so, is it so, so interesting? Off. Like, oh, the only people who get to make this kind of movie are like stunt people. Is it, how is it? Like, that's the only people who now get to make it. So
1: yeah, how is it so engaging? How is it so engaging that it's it's a... We've seen this movie a hundred times, but why is this so intriguing? Why is this so... Why am, Why do I care so much about someone who clearly really doesn't even it, look human? I think it
0: has I think for the reason to answer that question honestly is and then we'll go into spoilers I promise I think the honest to God question or the honest to God answer is that this movie really just is in in a bone level like Fincher grounds it in a way to where it's like no this guy is human being trying not to be in order to do it in order to do his job like it's going back to your customer servicing like of trying to follow all that mantra all of that mm-hmm. you know the rules and everything mm-hmm. that we all go you know that we all look at and we all try to do like we try and strip ourselves away from it just so mm-hmm. you know we can separate ourselves and do exactly. the job to the, the specifications of said requirement and and he, you know, and he has to follow these specifications because a he doesn't want to, he doesn't want any of this shit to come back to him. He don't want somebody from Interpol or whatever coming after his yeah. ass. Alfie. So yeah. he has to do everything, and he has to do everything so down to the, you know, bone chillingly coldness. I, I, I,
1: sorry. Yeah. Is it, is yeah. It, I, I sent you a message. And it's exactly what Kale is saying. He absolutely nails it with that because. It feels like he's he what do I say um it's like he's a shark it's like it's like his environment see what is the what is the best thing to be in that environment? It's a shark be a shark that's the best thing to be. well, how do I be a shark? I have to think like a shark act like a shark okay. and who are the sharks in our environment Amazon. <laughs> we work at all of these big corporate brands. We'll get into that, but I agree. Kale's absolutely bang on the money. He he becomes and what he needs you have to, to be, and yourself part of everything around it, which is kind of why we we see that mantra fall away. We, yeah, I one hundred percent agree.
0: But in in a way, he we have to he has to separate it just so he can do his job, and and the more he separates himself from himself, the more he fucks up. Like the more, like that's to me like why it's so appealing. It's and I mean it's well made and like you know if you're watching this on a cold night, cold dark night, you know it's like it works. It works like you know you feel, you know like you gone to places you've never been especially since this movie goes to france it goes to the dominican republic and it goes to st petersburg florida which is like so funny <laughs> to imagine like fincher being like we have to go to st petersburg of course, florida, of florida. Very specific? i mean the location manager was like very specific
3: florida? i don't care how sure? much money we you got
1: really sure? you think... we've got it's to okay. go to fucking course, florida, florida. The home of, uh, I mean, original
0: <laughs> We can just make Florida look, like, we can make New Orleans look like Florida, you know? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, can make Louisiana look like, Flo- like, easily, you can make Louisiana look like Florida. I'm, I'm telling you, there's uh, not uh, a difference. How about
1: this? Yeah, yeah. No, we hey, have to go this?
0: to see it. So we I, have to go shoot it on location. It
2: really? I'm, I'm sure Fincher was probably about it because.
0: Wait, Alfie, what were you saying?
2: Uh, I'm sure Fincher was just like, let's just go to Florida. We have all this Netflix money, so whatever. Let's just go to Florida. And I think
1: it's really interesting and that it starts I... in Paris, isn't it interesting? It starts in Paris, the glossy, the the height of couture, the stylish and fashion,
0: in and beautiful ends Paris, and
1: ends in <laughs> fucking Florida. Uh-huh. Like, talk about the crumbling sensation.
0: Yeah, and we, it's literally like. It's literally like we start in Paradise and we have to go back through... We have to go down through Hell and go back up to Chicago um, to to come back to Paradise. Um, yeah. yeah, this is basically Fincher's Paradise Lost. Let's be real. So
3: if we, if we, if we jump back on... Or Dante's Inferno. I feel like Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno is, a great, is a great
1: shout. Absolutely. The Seven Circles of Hell um, and... I get I mean, weirdly enough, I get that links in with Fight Club and with uh, Seven massively. But if if we try and jump back onto the timeline roughly, so if we, if we're roughly at the point where he's embarked on his mission, um, we have the sequences uh, which involve Charles Parnell and his secretary. What's her name? Does anyone remember um, the redhead woman? Uh, the Dolores. Red-haired woman. And Dolores. If, if, I mean, the whole whole ridiculousness of Mm -hmm. that scene is just in itself, because it's perfect. I mean, it's just it's what draws us in and what's what what really gives us a a, a window Mm -hmm. into his soul, I think, to a degree. Um, But as we then move into Florida, that's where it gets Mm -hmm. so much more interesting, because we know we have a, a grimier, Opponent next, because what he's done is he he's he's returned to the source of all of his ire, which and this is very key because from what we understand, there was a project. The project was a hit. Mm -hmm. The hit came down came from a from a customer. It came from a customer to the agency, and he was given the job. He fucked up the job. Now, I'm pretty sure that if you're if you run if you're running an assassination agency. That's a fun thing to say. If you're running an assassination agency, it probably isn't a good policy to, if you make one mistake and don't fulfill your mission, you have to be killed and wiped out. I mean, in some ways, maybe it does make sense. But I mean, other ways, that's why I love that bit whilst Charles, Charles Parnell is seemingly explaining to him how he has fucked up. You have fucked up this is your fault you should have seen this coming whilst he sat in a chair and about to be stapled to a fucking desk so who really i mean isn't that an interesting dynamic in a scene <laughs> you're wrong you've done this wrong mm-hmm. i'm but i'm the one who comes out worse <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is that is so he staples the guy, um, to death, and well he thinks like he's just gonna bleed for like a few minutes and then just dies instantly. It's the funniest scene. The the funniest (laughs) scene is when he slips Uh,
1: slips the the roll of newspaper underneath his head.
0: What the fuck did you think was gonna happen? He's bleeding out in his lungs. (laughs) Isn't what a d- what an it? Yeah, what were
3: you
1: which, saying,
0: Josh?
3: Oh uh, yeah, which is just probably the best way to clean it. Like again, like the man is effective. Like again, he fucked up, but he is really effective, especially if you want to like clean up a crime scene. And yeah. That, and now that we're at the part that one, there's one bit that like I think that also like shows his human that I actually winds up showing his man even bit more is when he um snaps uh Dolores' neck.
1: Yeah. Uh and and she falls I, down and she falls down yeah. the stairs.
3: Yeah, because like, that 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 was brutal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is again, yeah, which is brutal. But also like that's also showing her mercy. Cause because because the moment beforehand, like she was saying like, I can't die, I can't be murdered, because like, um, uh, like my life insurance yeah. policy
1: yeah that's interesting and stuff so he so we really mercy killed her he kind of did but also it ties into that I make I
0: wait wait a minute so she makes a comment
1: oh, but she requests she requests he does wait a commitment. minute she
0: makes a comment that you know she can't be ta- She only if it's like an ex- accident mm-hmm that's
2: it yeah hey, just not- uh, basically that she she requested him uh, that that she was gonna give him the names but she he would have to do something in return for her to just not make it look ugly as in well like for example I sure like uh, Charles Pernells character uh, I mean we saw what <laughs> happened to him but there's gonna after the film there's gonna be like this huge investigation because nobody's gonna find his body ever he just disappeared yeah. and so that's not that's what Dolores was asking for him to just kind of like, if she's, she knew she was going to die, that he was going to kill her, but she just asked asked him to just, you know, made him look in a way for her children to get her life I tell you, I'll
1: tell you what would be a really interesting mm-hmm. TV show if they made <sighs> would be so the true crime, the true crime a documentary of the detectives <sighs> who had to solve the missing person's case of uh Charles Parnell and Dolores that that's a netflix true crime making a murderer documentary series in itself isn't that it? would be very interesting isn't it because uh, <laughs> yeah no who really, who really killed dolores but um uh, 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 then we move into okay, can um, we talk really about florida dolores. can we talk about florida and
0: then so after
1: That because then he goes up, he goes after after the people in the the Rolodex, and we he's going after now.
0: And look, I love, sorry, wait, hold on. Well, hold on, I was just gonna say real quick, 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 quick. Like, I like, I love Florida. This is not a me hating podcast, this is not a me hating Florida podcast, but uh, it is funny how like st Petersburg, Florida, which is actually not a bad place, like, I've from what, what I've heard, it's uh, like heard. depicted as like
1: Dante's Inferno. <laughs> He's got to go to the <laughs> that's that's not that's not a compliment. From what I've heard, it's not that bad. This is damning with faint praise, though. Kale, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never been
0: to St. Petersburg. I've never been to Saint Petersburg. I've only been like to like Orlando and then around the Gulf. Uh, so I, I so my my knowledge of Florida is like the first half, and Saint Petersburg is like just a little below Orlando.
3: I've only been to Miami, but that was like when I was like nine years old, so I don't remember anything from Florida.
0: Oh, you poor thing! That's almost as worse as going to see Zodiac as a kid. Well, let's not get carried this, Almost this no,
1: well, just, whoa, I mean, I mean.
0: <laughs>
2: okay, I, I, so may, maybe it, maybe it is of uh, Florida Hating Podcast. <laughs>
1: maybe that, this is David Fincher hates Florida. And, and no, that's not the message of this movie. I mean, it might as well be. Can can I can I give you my um my uh interesting bit of tra-
0: we are not endorsing, you
1: I really, know I, I need you to know this because I, this is the only thing I've got really that that counts as a hot take on this movie. It's not even a hot take. You've this been is a lovely bit of trivia. The guy who plays the brute, so there's I don't I don't even know what the character name is. You've got Tilda Swinton and um I, I think it's just a brute. Yeah, it's just okay. a brute. What? How we understand him as a character is from, as Josh said at the beginning, like how he's described uh, by the brother um, of his girlfriend, um, and this guy was an animal. And there's a line just before the fight sequence in which Michael Fassbender follows him in the car, and the killer is in the car and looking up, and he says in his internal. Uh, In his mantra, in his internal dialogue, he says the line, how is I don't give a fuck working out for you now? Which is a really interesting line because the first time I heard that, I thought, Mm. how is I don't give a fuck working out for you now? Who is he talking about? Because the first time I heard it, I thought, Mm. oh, he's talking about himself. He's Mm. broken away. He's broken away from the original mantra. But then it tied back into what the brother said, which is they fuck it. They turned up in a taxi, like in a, in a taxi with a light on it. So this, so the line actually more applies to, mm. then mm. which is, mm. oh, how is I don't give a. So we're starting to see an actual human element. That's a human emotion, isn't it? That's a human emotion. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. That, that's mm-hmm. an emotion. Boom. All right. Maybe he isn't an alien. Maybe he's not David mm-hmm. from, from Prometheus. Um, but I, I'm going to stop talking because the next thing I'm going to say, oh, I love that Kel, um highlighted the sound design in this because I really want to talk about that fight sequence. Because if, if, uh, if any of us have bit here, been in an action, yeah. in a physical it's fight,
0: so if you've good. been in
1: a physical fight, that is the closest kind of uh cinematic experience i've had to that's what a fight actually feels like like the the muffling everything is everything is muffled everything I is did. inside your head and the and mm-hmm. like you said with the shaky cam and and the, the crashing and the mm-hmm. the noise it's not all bang crash bang 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 crash mm-hmm. it's horrible squelchy muffled little moments and that I i I genuinely I think Gareth Evans from the Raid like I think he was watching the sound I think he's paying a huge amount of attention to the sound design that, that Finchie used there because it's so perfect in terms of making you feel it.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah also, like, when it comes to that particular scene, one thing I really like about it is that, is, like, I feel like they cranked the camera. <gasps> they crank either in the editing, or did they just crank it to, like, 11, because, like... They cut frames
0: out. Yeah, like uh,
3: okay. I noticed that, because when I was watching in the theater, I, I was watching, it and it felt, like, very fast. Like, it felt like... It honestly felt like a superhero fight, if I'm not gonna be honest, yes, If I'm gonna be honest. Like, it felt like a very, very realistic superhero Sorry. fight between someone with, like, super strength, and someone that, like, Is like an
0: assassin stuff and like that was like
3: watch that on screen it's like holy
1: then uh uh, the director ben wheatley
0: well and also like to me what's so well to me sorry it's well to me like what's so great about this fight is so uh it's so visceral it's so i mean when the brute like is throwing like, I mean, you feel, I mean, you've seen, like, you know, already, like, the setup, like, these, this guy takes steroids, he takes a lot of, um, like, cretin and stuff, like, all this, like, protein supplements and steroids, and mm-hmm. so when you're just seeing that on, like, max va- like maximum impact, it's like, holy shit, like, this, and, I mean, they destroyed the fuck out of this house, yeah. like, I mean, I know he burns it in the end, but, like, damn, <laughs> this guy i mean probably in this guy you know he was he's hired to fight he's hired to beat up people you know innocent or not does he and he's living like a good life he's got like a nice house in florida in the middle of the woods
3: he, he has a dog you
1: know, he's a but he um, yeah, isn't that he's a great dog dog, dog is you know, the key element um love the bit he, that he, he like, is drugs the dog he he is a dog he is i mean he's literally a rottweiler he's described as an animal as a character and the way he fights And the way that that sequence plays out We really start to actually be worried Because we're like I think there's a part of us yeah. that thinks Okay, I I trust in Michael Fassbender's Assassin uh, Killing capability At some point he's going to win here But this dude is no mm-hmm. fucking joke This dude is a bulldozer mm-hmm. This dude is a Rottweiler And that comes across Not just in the physicality But in the way that the, the fight sequence plays out uh, the way it ends is really kind of perfect, I think. But the well, I, here's my my only piece of trivia for you. Um, the guy who plays the brute, and, the, guy, the guy who plays and, the and brute also played, I mean uh, the... was the mocap uh, Sauron. Yeah, Sauron Baker is the a mocap name. Sauron Sala Baker. Board of the Rings. He was Sauron.
3: That dude. Yeah, which I just, I'm, I'm on, yeah, I'm on DB right now, and, like, I'm just like, holy
1: it's
0: shit. Metal. Good on him.
2: Uh, By the way, just uh, as a little, like, a little tip, that uh, something that I read that it was just blew my mind about this scene is that uh, since we're talking about the sound design of it, is that a lot of it was actually added in, in post, um, it was actually added by Reznor and Ross, a lot of the sound yeah. design for that scene. Yeah, no, I, mean, and especially, especially,
3: yeah, especially some I don't know yeah, if you guys
2: have heard saying. of Yeah, it's actually on the score. Oh, there's wow. this there's this track on the on the score that's I believe it's called the Brood Part One and Part Two. Yes. And that's actually the fight sequence okay. on mm-hmm. it. And you can see that all the whole sound design is actually part of the score.
3: Yeah, which again I fucking Trent or atticus ross like i like I, i'm a big huge nine inch nails fan and i love everything they do this includes the fucking killer because they fucking killed it
0: <laughs> no pun intended anyway no pun but intended. but yeah <laughs> and to and also i mean i just and also like on the opposite side of this is i mean till this character like she's gonna kill mm-hmm. him try to attack him through words and persuasion and manipulation (laughs) like psychological if you will and that's what i kind of you know not to veer off but i mean that that i kind of love like when we get to new york which is also Mm -hmm. you know this movie all almost almost shot chronologically in that they just went to each location by the way um but they only shot uh paris dominican republic new orleans Florida, and then they ran out of the budget, so they which they just filmed everything else in Chicago, um, or in what's Illinois. The we
3: double, what, what's the nearest place we can double for New York? Uh, Chicago, Chicago.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they filmed, so they filmed the, this beautiful scene, and this in this. Be, I, I want to go to this restaurant. I'm going to need to find this restaurant in in Illinois because this is like a well beautiful well-lit
1: restaurant
0: and till this who's credited as the expert
1: can i yeah can i can, I, is the can, expert. I, can I think this There's back no... to a conversation josh and i were having she's always earlier. been the expert i got i got major yeah. john wick vibes from this scene like even the the interaction with the waiters mm-hmm. and the way the the way everything, I was getting the continental vibes, genuinely off of it, and in a conversation last night, Josh I, you, I, you were, I was
3: as well, I was
1: getting... I, I, I was talking to K- Kale and um, oh, yeah, and, no, Al- and I, I thought I thought I was really clever, and I had this hot take, which was I, I, I re-watched it, and I thought, uh, Michael Fassbender doesn't blink once he doesn't blink in the entire movie and I thought, oh look at me! I'm so clever. I've noticed he doesn't play it. And Alfie, Alfie, do you want to take it from here? Because I was wrong.
2: Uh sure. Because um, actually, I I noticed that I noticed this like in the first the first time I watched it when I watched it in theaters. is that I couldn't like take my side of um face during uh, Tilda's. A monologue because he was doing such, an inc- such incredible things in that scene with just his eyes and he was blinking a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but he doesn't do it throughout the, the movie. He just does it during that one scene and he's doing it like an unnatural number of times. And I just found it so interesting because he doesn't really say anything throughout the whole conversation aside from um, where she asked him why would he come to the restaurant? Um, I mean, that really comes around of him, you know, still being questioned about his choices and why he's doing it. That makes you think that maybe he's not very good, but you've seen what he's done. So he's you know he's good. He's just making these mistakes because he he's kind of blindsided in a way for what happened. And also I think because I think the whole ordeal really comes around for him just wanting to get out, him realizing that – his mantra of uh, "I don't give a fuck" it's not working for him. It's not something that it's natural to him. So he's just kind of looking for a way out. The way
1: the way that the yeah, way that, no, that scene def- works
3: definitely, and like yeah, no, and I definitely see that between the two.
1: The the way that that scene works is that no, you yeah. you have to have we believe that Tilda Swinton when she starts talking to him, she knows not just exactly who he who he is and what he's there to do, she knows everything about him because in his head, as Alfie says, it's the first Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, what's it called? Kansas city shuffle or whatever it is. He's, he goes into that meeting thinking Mm -hmm. he's going to almost enjoy putting her at uh, showing her that he's in control. This is a, this is a predator prey um, thing and he's one, he's got the upper hand. So he sits down at the table mm-hmm. and he allows her to speak, which he does. And mm-hmm. she starts to speak. But the interesting thing is the way that she talks about him is incredibly personal. How does she know who he is? Mm-hmm. Does he have a reputation? Clearly he must have a reputation. Mm-hmm. That mantra that has been going round and round and round mm-hmm. and round in his head that we first start to agree with perhaps that is the that is the thing that he puts out into the world that is he believes himself to be the perfect assassin because he removes all all mm-hmm. aspects of humanity from his personality but she already knows that she already knows that about mm-hmm. him she's not going who's this guy he must uh, she knows exactly who he is and I I, I I didn't notice it until alfie pointed it out that he starts mm-hmm. to blink and he's processing, blinking is processing. blinking is uh, because in in our head he's just gone through a brutal battle but overcome a wild a wild dog. Then he comes up against mm-hmm. her, the expert, and it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. and it's the first time I think he, as you say what did you say, Alfie? He was listening. It's the first time that he li- actively listens in the movie
2: he, he was listening yeah
1: it's I'd, um
2: and also i think there's something there's also the, uh, this comparison that it's uh it's made um uh, because if we see we have our three assassins we have like uh tilda and uh, we have as the ex we have the expert we have the brood and we have the killer and if you see, there's a line uh, that Tilda says that's very interesting that she says, if it was uh, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have involved your female friend. And I actually, like, she asked this guy to not harm her. And you can see that even though yeah. all these three people have the same occupation, they have entirely different methods. And I think it was very smart for uh, Fassbender's character to really not talk very much during their interaction. Cause you can feel that clearly she's a lot smarter than him. And because she, her approach as an assassin is through her intellect. She, she doesn't have this brute force that uh, the brute had, which um, he really, his only resource was violence because he didn't seem to have any plans or anything in advance, or he wasn't the kind of killer who just study his victim, which, uh, Tilda clearly was, the brute, and brute the clearly and clearly, the killer was in a way as well, but still he doesn't have like the force or the brains for the, it. The, the brute
1: is, and, and it's not taking anything away from yeah, it by no. saying that the brute is a, yeah, no, an instinct. I 100% agree with that, and that actually winds up, like he, 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 he's an animal, but an animal is still, in like that's how he gets the drop mm-hmm. on him in that fight. The thing about Tilda Swinton's character is that what she plays to is she yeah. seems to and know. Also, she seems so to know do. that he's oh. responding to this. His actions, his reason for being here in front of her right now, and clearly wanting to assassinate her, is because they went after his girlfriend. So she goes to the emotional angle, which is
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> which which we as an audience yeah. are, and, are led to believe he doesn't have. He mm-hmm. doesn't,
3: and then. Yeah, which is very interesting, and also, yeah. And then when he tries to get the drop on her, um, like you know, he shoots her. He shoots her in the head and stands up, and like she bleeds out and stuff. But then we also see that, like, like clearly she was planning and stuff, but she wasn't able to effectively do that because it was mostly mental manipulation. It well, it's emotional. Um, it's emotional manipulation, ma-
1: manipulation in terms of. As opposed to just she, physical force. She's playing she's playing okay. the submissive character, hoping mm-hmm. to lure him into the only way that her plan to escape mm-hmm. this works is if he takes her hand instinctively mm-hmm. when she offers it. And isn't that interesting? She gives him she literally is giving him an opportunity to be human. Take my hand, be a human, be emotional, be empathetic. Bang, shoots her. Like, oh, oh, love it. Mm.
3: Yeah, this no, movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I know. So yeah, I know. And yeah, fuck. I have no words. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have no. It's words, such a great it?
0: scene. I hate that she dies. Can I? Can I can yeah, I from this
1: costume yeah, no, exactly here? And then that leads us into so um, Mark Kermode, okay. who I, I, I everyone in here knows. I, I think it? he's perfect. I think he more or less sees everything. Uh, I, I He's been my number one film critic for a long time. I disagree with him on almost every level about this movie. He sees this as a almost a paint-by-numbers um, assassin hitman movie. He Mid. he And he thought that the worst thing about it was Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton's scene. So... Like, right. So, I disagree. I disagree.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah no,
3: I know. I disagree with Mark. Yeah. I think
0: Well, I, here's the thing, to correct to correct Mark, I don't think he hated her performance. I think he just hated that Fincher uses her limited time in this movie to tell a joke that was uh, in the crack. Oh, Yes, that's oh, what is the joke? Like that was already like yeah. in like that was already in another thing, and he was kinda like so, to me, like, d- not to put words in anyone's mouth, but that's, that, that's like, how I took it. It's, like, he was this, like, we have the amazing Tilda Swinton really here, enough. and you get her to basically tell a joke that's already on a Netflix show.
1: But, I see, I hadn't heard the joke. So, but,
0: I mean, he was, like, like, this movie's kind of, like, I don't know why Fincher would do this. Yes, yes. Yeah, because no one watches The Crown. Yeah, especially here
3: in the exactly. States.
2: Yeah,
0: because the... who the fuck watches The Crown? I mean, first and foremost... especially here,
1: especially you know, first and foremost, fuck The Crown, because um, again, sorry, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a monarchist. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think any, I uh, there are a number of stories, aren't there, which are told in different movies in different times but it's still capable for the same story to be effective in different channels in different in different mediums i hadn't heard that story before and so therefore it worked perfectly Mm -hmm. so then but i guess for other people i guess but um it's uh, that's kevin walker
0: yeah and it doesn't really matter it works great in no no, and also it worked the story works perfectly through the story because it's basically the killer's whole story like you you're you are constantly keep dipping the well you know to basically Mm -hmm. to keep going and going and going you know hoping to get out of it hoping to get rich hoping or to hope to do this hope to do that Mm -hmm. and then every time the bear comes back and is like What's it gonna and what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? And then finally, the bear just goes, "You like this? <laughs> you like being sodomized? <laughs> you know?" And it's the whole idea. It's like it's like the expert is basically the like a co CEO or something for a, a company, and to it is like you keep coming back and back and back for you know more for more abuse, more. Trying to do do it all over again, and then you go, hold on, hold on, skadoosh hold on, you know, and um, and then you go, and then you're just like, you just love this, like this is your thing, and it is such an understated thing because there, there could have been a whole, because this movie up to this point it's pretty much you know slice of life of this character, but Tilda Swinton basically comes in and says, you love killing. You love this entire cat and mouse of fucking up. I think he has fucked up before. Mm-hmm. It might have been a long time you know, since that happened. But I feel like he's been in this situation before and he has to keep doing it to basically, you know, to basically A, keep getting work, and B, to be like, you know, like this is the insurance policy. Like he is the insurance yeah. policy. He kills everyone that he's worked with. And then if he has to kill the customer too, kill them. Okay,
1: here's well, where I need to come in, if you don't mind. I I disagree with you yeah. respectfully, um, I and dis- that actually goes into you. our third act. Slash. Sorry, Josh. You, sorry, Josh. You go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll it um, the the reason why I disagree with you is that I'm uh, here. The reason I I disagree with you is because um he uh. Ah oh, hang on I've just lost my train of thought. Come on it'll come back. Um I d- I don't think he has fucked up in the past because that that it, okay, it flies uh... it flies in the face of again his reputation which he clearly has. He clearly has a reputation based on what Tilda Swinton says and that reputation is for Kind of again, get back to the beginning of the movie. Complete emotionless, complete meticulousness, complete perfection. So if that is what if that is what he is striving for, mm-hmm. what he's striving for is removing the humanity from himself. Now, I don't think he's messed. I don't think he's messed up before. I do believe. I I do believe that. I, I, sorry, sorry, Josh, come in. I just need to give a, a thought a bit more thought before I I say it. I, oh yeah, just go, just go, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no,
3: no, and and it kind of leads into the whole insurance policy. It kind of leads into how really the the um, the um, final act of the movie, where basically he confronts um, the billionaire character, mm. the client. Like he, he he confronts the client, and he's like, and he's like, did you? And like, um, is this? Are you not satisfied? Well, shit! It's been a while. Customer customer service. That's what we once once in the theorist. But like, um, it's um, are you
0: are? Is it? It's, yeah, it's are it's we? Good. Are we good?
1: Are we? You why, know. But what does that like, work? Like, is
0: like, are you gonna come fuck me over again? Or mm-hmm.
1: are we done? But that that doesn't apply to the whole other logic of, of the rest of the movie, which the whole, is um, Dolores. He could have. Are, are we good. He could he could have let other people live. Why does he let the rich guy live? And it's because, unfortunately, that's
2: I know I know exactly why. People, because, he's guy, because he's the rich guy. I know exactly why. As. And... Exactly. Uh, I actually, with Skidish, we were talking about a little bit about this, about the idea of ca- uh, of capitalism in the film, and there's something very interesting when it comes to the dialogue in that scene with Claiborne in the penthouse, where he's kind of trying to explain himself or what what happened, because he's really just an oblivious character. He just he has no idea what the hell is going on, and once he kind of finds a way to kind of explain what happened and he says something very interesting where he says i actually am not very uh, used to this this is the kind of like the first time that i've done something like this and when somebody told me that i mean you fucked up i was like nobody's perfect like but what do we do in these situations and then he says that hodges back in new orleans he kind of gave him. him like the plan of this so this is what we do and you know clean up clean up an aisle three I mean, that and an aisle three. that's very interesting because did of he, did hodge's he, line yeah. at the, did he at he doesn't, the doesn't beginning of the films, film where he said where he says the consequence <laughs> the consequences of these actions are automatic
1: it revolves it, it keeps so it back to that customer service this whole issue movie where is about how didn't request the customer didn't request the cleanup. they were offered a service not knowing what the actual uh, <laughs> what it actually entailed and in your soul you're like well hang on what the fuck you you killed hodges you, you killed Dolores you've killed everyone else to to this point why why are you letting this cunt live why are you letting this prick live And the 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 hard truth of it is is because one because he's the client because he's very he's the client and genuinely it this is a communication customer service issue he didn't know what he was signing up if if it wasn't if it wasn't for the first part of it which meant that if I kill this guy my future is fucked if it wasn't for that he'd be dead but ultimately the rich
0: yeah and then on top of that you know and also like his whole thing about this movie is like you know you you got to do this you got to do that to be you know to not be part of the many you got to be part of the few the rich few and so when he finally you know you know he again he keeps talking himself up like he's got to He's talking himself up and he's one of the few. He's one of the, you know, and then he goes to actually one of the few and he's that, like, he has no, he's like, fuck it. I can't but do But isn't it. that, isn't, again, that up. links back so, to the early,
1: early part you know, of his mantra, which is, as we say, it's a rolling, fucking, what was that? it's a rolling cavalcade of corporate, corporate bullshit, which is be one of the many, not one of the few don't exhibit empathy. Uh, empathy is a weakness. Don't a weakness is a vulnerability. Always stick to the plan. I I even sent a message to Alfie on the night. Like, I I literally was watching a YouTube video, and up came one of those adverts for a Tiso Tiso. What like the luxury watches? The main tagline: stick to plan A. That was the the commercial. The the tagline: stick to plan A.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
1: This yeah. is it's just it's. And that's what kind of breaks it almost, isn't it? Because. Interesting. It, it's, he, he's, he uses it to a degree. He understands it. He's a shark. He works within the environment. But when he says, be one of the many, uh, be one of the few, not one of the many, uh-huh. we're going to get to the final line of this movie, the final sequence in which those words are said. Because I, I, I think it's. I think quite often twists mm-hmm. in movies are usually plot-driven. You think one thing's going to happen and then another thing happens. I think it's quite rare that a character has been saying mm-hmm. something all the way through a movie and then says something different and we don't go, what? Sorry, what? Sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Because the end of this movie puts put, put me on my ass, to put it very eloquently. What does he say? He says, mm-hmm. "If you don't believe that fate is a placebo, if you don't believe you deserve the consequences of all your actions, mm-hmm. or something like that, um, then maybe you're like me. You're one of the f- mm-hmm. many. You're part of the few, not the few." And then, mm-hmm.
0: I think, is that right?
1: Yeah. If, if, if you don't believe that play, uh, uh, fate is a placebo, if you don't, um, if you don't believe that how you got here was through the, the course of your actions, something like that, then you're, then you're like me. And the whole point is, I mean, it's very, I, I, I think it's very rare for uh, a movie to give you a almost 2D image of a character all the way through a movie and for you to be emotionally invested in that character and then for that character to be turned upside down at the last minute. And then it makes you look back at the rest of what's happened. I just, oh, mm. yeah. Fincher. That's, I mean, Fincher. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So, with that, I mean, I. Is there any final thoughts on this movie? Because I think we've talked about almost the whole movie. I think the only thing we missed was the taxi driver, the taxi driver yeah. in Dominican Republic. That's the only thing we missed.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, th-
1: yeah, um, I think <sighs> that's such a good scene.
0: Good if you really are on a delay.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was a scene that was the I didn't expect because like when. He just has the gun and stuff. I thought, okay, maybe he does a bang, bang and stuff, and it's like, damn, okay. But then again, means thats how, like, despite his fuck up, he's still an effective it's, killer. Like, it's an opportunity. Like, cleans up like he cleans up, like, up after. It's shit an opportunity and stuff, and for him
1: to, to show a very much, just to show empathy, mm-hmm. which he doesn't do, and that's the brutalness of that scene is that we're kind of hoping that he lets this mm-hmm. poor guy live. And mm-hmm. pff, no, okay, all right. Then we get to his his college professor and her sweet assistant. Is there a chance that he's going to let them live? Pff, no. Then we get to Tilda Swinton. Pff, no. The rich guy. The rich guy lives. And actually, of all the characters that we're probably actually hoping gets it in the fucking neck,
2: we're hoping yeah, yeah.
1: the rich guy gets it in the fucking neck which I, I i feel that's the message mm-hmm. of the movie <laughs> kind of a bit depressing
3: <laughs> that's very yeah it's very interesting it's just very interesting how we leave that off but yeah no i this movie like the like i love this movie already but now i even love it now more as we like this we've been discussing about it for like over for almost two hours now like i like Jesus fucking Christ, Fincher! Like this was initially in just my top ten Fincher movies, but I think I'm going to put this in my top. I
1: five. was going to say um, because of the ranking mm-hmm. element. Like, that, I, like, what was your but, top three like, coming like, into this mm-hmm. Fincher movies, and now how does it sit? Where does where does the killer sit now in terms of your your standings? Yeah.
3: Okay. So, cool. okay. Um, so obviously when it comes to the ranking, my rankings was, um, so obviously like, I think my ranking honestly was probably, I'm, I'm a traditionalist and I'm just going to just share saying this. I'm a traditionalist. Um, seven fight club, social network, but now you're taking um, Fight club out, but now I think, or rather shit, I need to think about this. I, I shh, this is going this might go either below you're below, below okay, I'm gonna restart Josh it. let me help you. Social networks. Josh, first. let me let me help uh, you.
1: Let me help you. <laughs> Reduce it down to one question. Is the killer in Finch's top three for you? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah yeah. Does it feel like top three? I don't think it's his
3: top three, but in definitely in his top either five or six. Okay. Like, it's just one more, it's just like one more below, and I need to kind of, and, I, and I've been seeing, honestly, I've been seeing this for like the last almost month since I've seen it, but I will say, I will say this. If I did have to create a top five, which would include Social Network, Fight Club, and seven. This would probably be because then also well, then there's Gone Girl, and then there's um, and there's Dragon, and then there's Dragon Tattoo. Um, a couple, a few of the movies I'll be fully upfront. I've it's been a while since I've seen them, like Panic Room and The Game. Ugh. Like it's been a while yeah. since those movies. Um, but it would probably be at least my number six. Like, like it might seem low on my list, but like there, but like it's just. There's too many good I mean, managers of I mean, it. Artists, exactly, and like, that's what, yeah. like, and even though this has it's a that very like, sim- like, honestly, a very simple
1: plot, <laughs> the way how he executes it is just phenomenal. Can I ask Alfie though? I really want to know what Alfie because, again, as Josh said, like it's such a crowded space, like to choose your favorite out of Fincher's. Uh, it's there's so much good stuff but where does it where does it trouble your rankings now? Mm-hmm.
2: I have the killer at number 4
1: mm-hmm. um alien 3 uh, Benjamin nice. Button and oh. that, that, so
0: nice. what's number what's the other 3 then
2: so um my well my top my top 5 then it would be uh, Benjamin Button, Zodiac, Social Network, The Killer, and Alien Three.
3: Okay, I will admit this though. I am removing Alien Three from the thing. I know, I know, Alien Three has its defenders, and I will respect that. But I, given how Fincher feels about that movie, and like the fact that
1: he almost quit directing. I'm gonna respect so his I, wishes I, on that. I I, 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 I I love you. I love you. It uh, still says so right time talking to intro, So I, it, 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 yeah, yeah I and I mean the, opinion, the, honestly, the, yeah, the, I, the I, theatrical
2: cut yeah. is horrible. Well, I
1: love
3: Alien Three. I I mean I don't blame him. With, well, the the thing is also, and and I won't go too much into it, but I will say because of the studio interference that he had to deal with. And the fact that this was his first movie and stuff, I don't blame him for it. But I understand where everyone is on that on that movie. I also just have a whole opinion thing about it. But we'll, we'll save that for another day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my top three is basically Social Network. Uh, the, uh, I actually like uh, Social Network. Uh, I actually like Fight Club. Like, I, I, I always have to preface when I say Fight Club. You know, I love Fight Club, but I love it for the reasons... Mm-hmm um i love it because it is so controversial it's not it, i don't love it themes. i think it's i think the most interesting part about the movie is like it's so against its own themes it's so like it practices its own themes and then shows you how it's completely dumb you're ir- you know irrational UK, and all of that yeah, so awesome. to me like that's why i love fight club is like
1: it's it's up its own ass like it's 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 so, um, it's so the themes of it are so deep that like it's it's hard to to um split the story from what it's trying to tell you it's up its own ass it's what we're yeah it's why people don't enjoy watching fight club i don't think no one sits down and go oh, i can't wait to watch fight mm. okay
3: Yeah. And then also just in the last twenty years with that movie and the reputation it now has. Um, I like there like there's a whole bit where and it took me a very long time to understand like why like David Fitt, like why David like whenever like I think it was like David Fitzgerald like, too is like don't um I think it was either don't date anyone that likes Fight Club or don't hang out with anyone that don't like Fight that likes Fight that likes Fight Club. And now given everything within the last decade,
0: I kinda understand now why he says that. No, and I get it. I really do. I'm just like I feel like I'm one of those people that's like, no, I love it because of what it's mm-hmm. doing. I love it because like it actually is like sh- actually has the balls to put its mm-hmm. things in practice, just mm-hmm. to show you how fall the fallacy. I think is.
1: if 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 mm-hmm. like if how
0: fra like how fragile this whole like how destructive this behavior, this line of thinking, this mentality, it all is.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think if, kinda, if they would never make another, a Fight Club well, two because
3: it kind of actually weirdly enough ties back into the killer. Yeah, that
1: yeah. yeah. that the, they would never make a Fight Club too, but if they did make a Fight Club two, the story would be yeah. anti yeah, incel no, no. It would be yeah. it would be an extension of the first story <laughs> to explain why Incels adopt the first story. Yeah.
3: Yeah, which is a whole other thing mm-hmm. but yeah no like but yeah no but back to my point about um the fight, fight club kind of actually tying back to killer it's really the removing or at least the removing of or trying or about someone trying to remove their humanity but then realizing that they're really fucking human at the end of the day and the way how it's done um and honestly both movies is very interesting and with the killer i you know we see that just through the performances and stuff and i really like the killer now especially in you know, kind of just to kind of bring it all together. You know, in the hour and a half... And, like, the hour we talked about it, the movie... I... Fuck. This movie is just awesome. And I... I'm with you. I really do hope this movie gets some award buzz. Um, I don't know if it will or not, but I... Yeah. Fuck yeah. This movie's awesome.
0: It's... Yeah. Um, it, It's really... I love this movie. I have no idea what it is, because it already kind of feels... Like at post Venice, like it already feels like it's teetered out. But I mean, I really hope which I mean I, I say this and I'm like, they're so they're so up maestro's ass. They're so Yeah which is such but, which the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, Oh god, this sounds Kale, like a train Kale, Let's
1: let's just say you made the movie. Which I'm hoping was, let's just say I, you made your not. movie sorry, sorry, the movie sorry, that you don't. want to make. It, it's okay. And it's you okay. put it um, out there. It's
0: just, I, I was what I was,
1: would you would what would you prefer? Would you rather your movie burned fast and bright like launched off and then fizzled out or would you rather it be a case more like la la land where you go here it is and everyone goes it's great and then people go maybe it's not great now we've been talking about it so long that we have to explore why it why it's not great like i love what i love about the killer is is that it's entered the the cultural discourse and well, it's gone bang this is what i am this is who i am and people have gone i like it and then we've moved on i love that i, I would much prefer that
0: <laughs> i i mean i understand i completely understand i just it's i'm kind of just giving my kind of point of view of everything it's just like for some reason people still seem to be like yeah maestro's definitely the movie that Netflix is going to, it's like, there's got to be something else. Like there's, I mean, the killer is right here. Um, Apparently um, leave your world or leave the world behind is which good. Yes.
3: Yes. And I actually, funny enough, I actually saw that during AFI uh, AFI fest and I will say it is in my top 10 of the year. That also, I really do hope they, that also, I, I could see them pushing that but i don't but i i think they're i think they're all in it for maestro mainly just just of how it's been received or at least that's that's how i kind of see but and i mean it's
0: bradley cooper's like second you know film after a star is born which was which i mean at the time it was a huge movie um but now it's kind of fizzled. it's even then it's kind of fizzled out so i it has and uh, yeah it has and i've which I, mean, it's just, which, I mean, to be fair, Stars Born, this is not me hating any of these movies. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, their cultural impact has, like, we've moved on. And,
3: yeah, and also, again, it also stems back to my one thing, my one big huge fucking gripe with Netflix and their goddamn marketing campaign. Like, if you want things to last, you gotta put money into it.
0: I completely understand, but they, and I... But the thing that has made Netflix so Netflix is that the things that have stuck around, like Stranger Things, like, uh, I guess The Crown, um, like, those kind of things, like, they've been lasting because people did talk, there's some audience talking about them. And the more I think about this, that I'm just saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, this doesn't make any sense, because people talked about American Vandal, people talked about, you know, Shadow and Bone, and all those things are canceled so i literally i have no idea i guess i don't know what i'm talking about
3: but yeah yeah netflix doesn't know what the hell they're they're, they're, well
0: but they they keep but they kept stranger things of all things and then they kept making house of cards for six seasons even though the spacey thing so i mean we'll see we'll see yeah also with stranger things that got popular
3: really fast like I remember when that first season came out. I was watching my I was actually watching the first four episodes with my mom, It was a very nice experience. But like Josh, you watch.
1: watch this
0: you watched the oddest thing And, and then hey,
1: hey, look, look I, I let my look, mom I'm not trying to, to be judgy, man, but like a, what a thing to say to another human being. You watch the oddest things with your mother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is such a I, I, Like I we we were talking about Gone Girl, um, you, yeah, Stranger that, Things. What else have you you know what? I don't even
1: know no, the thing no. okay, I'll tell you what, the most the most negative the most <laughs> be, negative movie be, experience I've watched anyway, nice, lovely movies had with two, my mom. Two incredibly negative uh, movie experiences with my mother. The first one was when I, I wasn't feeling very well, but I had a day off school and she took me to the cinema and we went to watch Ace Ventura two. Uh, Call of the Wild I believe and, uh, <laughs> I I, I, wow. believe I oh. when nature be true, calls. I think that movie Made me sick I think it made me physically sick Because I came out of that movie and was then sick In the car I was only oh, probably 13 or so at the time uh, And the other one was That I never gave her you were- I never you were Jim Carrey coming out of that. I never forgave her because we rented uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol from Blockbuster and sat down and watched it, and she fell asleep after about twenty minutes. I just, I, I can't get par- get past that. <laughs>
0: I almost. God. Go ahead, Josh. I'm
3: kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of skittish on this. I, I, especially with the Muppet Christmas Carol.
0: It's not even that long. Like, come on, people. Yeah, I yeah, know. No. Oh, has Michael Caine.
1: <laughs> the great Michael Caine. Uh, oh, oh, now's the time okay. you want to fall asleep. Okay. Oscar winner Michael Caine and...
0: Okay, we've gone on longer than the actual movie.
1: What? No, I honestly, end it. <laughs> it's, it's the right time.
0: No. Yeah, okay. So, uh... So... No, no, no! This has been a great show. Uh, so the the killer, uh, that was, so the killer is now on, available on Netflix. Um, please go check it out. I think we all here have recommended it. Um, and yeah, uh, starting with you, you know, I'm gonna go backwards. Starting with you, Josh. Where can the good people find you? And do you have a show to plug? Uh yes.
3: Um, I'm gonna plug my pod, my weekly podcast, "The Conversation with Two Geeks." In fact. As of this recording, I have just posted the newest episode. It um, it should be up on Spotify. Where our are to. Uh podcast podcasts, where podcasts you listen to. you can also find me at Twitter at JaneMar3729. And yeah, I write reviews and stuff. In fact, I just did a review on Saltburn, um, so please go check that out. And yeah.
0: Um, all right. So since Skadoosh and Alfie, like they are from the same thing. Um Alfie, I'm going to let you go first, promote your thing, and then I guess you guys can both talk about the movie ranking space.
1: Is Alfie here? Is Alfie alive? We do not know, Alfie? but I'm singing a song. Oh, that's... Can you
2: hear me? I'm <laughs> singing can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, um, well, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my ad is at uh, Ponce the Snowman. Uh, we talk about movies all the time. So, yeah, if you see me around, we can go ahead and do that. And, yeah, I do the movie ranking spaces with Skrush. who's right here. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh. Great uh skadoosh, Alfie go. is genuinely one of if i how do i say this politely he's he to me is close to being a perfect friend or or kindred spirit because he he's fucked up in a way that I don't recognize but in <laughs> but with everything around it um he likes things that I don't like. But in the way that completes me Because he gets to explain to me Perhaps what I'm missing In terms of the pieces of the puzzle And that's what I love about art And that's what I love about movies And and TV shows Is that Like when we can fill in Fill in the gaps for each other I love that That's what I love I love seeing things from other people's perspectives Even though I I have Clearly Very Almost tyrannical views on on certain things. Um the movie ranking spaces on Twitter. If you search for at Skadoosh, uh you'll find us. We we hold movie ranking spaces. We've been going for about two years. We have ranked everything from uh romantic comedies to thrillers to sci fi to um movies with hats. That genuinely happened. That was one of our best spaces. Three hours about people talking about their top five movies which have hats in them? That actually happened. Um, I, I I love movie for its subjectivity, and I love movie. I love movie. I love, I love how I love, I love that movies give people the confidence to stand up and say, "I liked that," "I didn't like that," and that's pretty much it. That I mean, that is pretty much it, because. art art in itself doesn't make any sense from a scientific or or logical reasoning perspective, but it's the meaning that we bring to it and the meaning that we take out of it is what I love. That's what I love. And I don't care if your opinion is a completely polar opposite to mine about any movie or any piece of art. I just love that you have an opinion. i love listening to people's opinions because I have been wrong so many times, so many times. And can I end can I end this with this? Can I very quickly check because josh uh, we haven't met we hadn't met before we did this podcast. Can I ask what did you think of the latest mission impossible? hmm I just want to get a check. What do you think?
3: Oh, I freaking loved it
1: mm-hmm. um I, yeah it's it's in my top five mm. Can I tell you something very quickly yeah, in my top five I hated I mean, it just... uh I loved every other Did mission do. impossible apart, from mission, yeah, apart sure. from mission impossible 2 that's a different conversation i'm trying to i sorry Gail, i, I will end this but i think it's interesting i i, I still can't explain why i hate uh, the new one because for all the reasons that i loved all the ones before i i love them for that i didn't love this one and i'm still working it out i'm still trying to figure out why so maybe on the next podcast, i'll come back to you and i'll just... oh. how
2: how is this how is this the first time that i've heard I, about I, this
1: honestly alfie i fucking hate it i really fucking hated it and the first time that i was like oh this is the emperor's news i really
2: need a it's new funny plot. because you need a plot it's it, it, it... It's funny because you, you've never told me this. You've never told me this. And actually, I didn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: Oh, God. What have we done?
2: What have we done? I was, I was like, this is kind of not... I, I, did, I didn't... I, I came out of the theater and I was like, I, I don't like this wow, movie. It's <laughs> a bunch
1: of bullshit. But the I, problem I, is, I, is yeah. that they did the same Yo, thing with all that the that other all movies, lost. and it was great. Why does yeah? No, of... you, you speak for... yeah.
3: I y- y'all. I I don't know what y'all saw, <laughs> but like what what in
0: the here. I'm gonna <laughs> pull this dagger out of my back. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm really just... <laughs> yeah. Bye. We're leaving. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, okay, so yeah okay so that's the killer everyone uh we will be back with you guys in a couple days uh for the hunger games the ballad uh the ballot ballads of songbirds and snakes thanks everyone we'll be back with you very stick very soon
1: never yield an advantage stick to the plan fight only the battle you're paid to fight ask yourself what's in it for me stick to the Empathy, weakness, weakness, and vulnerability. This is what it takes if you want to succeed. Simple.